I just wanted to, to, to let you know about the offerings that have been given to us. I told Danette to say that this morning. She didn't, but I'm not going to give 500 to each of my kids, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I just wanted this to be publicly stated for their sake. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. No, we take good care of our kids. No. Danette's like, Neil, don't say these things. And, and also, our uh, trip to Mexico is already paid for, so don't worry. No, what I wanted to share with you is what all the offerings that we're taking throughout our travels. We have four building projects that are going on in Niger right now. We're building a, a primary school, the second block of three classrooms. Then we're building the second floor in our Niame Bible School. And we've got another new branch church in Marathi where we've been in another side of town where they've been meeting in a rented place. We're, we've got land, the wall's built. Now we're putting the, the, the building structure up for the, for the meeting for that church. And then the fourth one is in, in the Far East, we're building a new church out there where we've already bought the land. So there's lots of building projects taking place in Niger, and so when we travel and we take up offerings, pretty much all offerings that come in over our normal monthly support go for these projects. So that's what you're sowing into, and so when you see videos in the future and you see buildings and the ministry, you know that you had a part in sowing into that. Amen? And thank you for your giving. Thank you, Lord, and we thank Lord, the Lord for you that you have been part of over the years, 10 years, Word of Life has been giving. So I praise God for you. Amen? Let's just go ahead and start with a word of prayer tonight. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. And God, we thank you for an opportunity to get into the Word tonight and just to stir up our spirit and our minds to be renewed. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that even as pastor and and that group travel on for uh, the, the program that they have ahead, Lord, that you would just be with them as they travel. Lord, bless us now here. We thank you for your presence, God. Lord, even as we've worshiped God, you are here with us. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning I talked about Revelation 3.8, and I realized my wife told me I quoted the wrong verse, not Romans 3.8. Revelation 3.8, the Lord said, Behold, I have set before you an open door. The Lord gave me a word for this year that this would be the year of an open door. And this morning, I was talking about having ears to hear and hearing from what God's saying. And and the Lord has set before the church, not just the church in Niger, but the church around the world, an open door, favor, influence, opportunities, and that we would see salvations in this year, 2007. But then there's another step to seeing it. First, it comes with seeing it. The scripture in Romans 3.8 says, behold, or another translation, see, I have set before you an open door. The first thing is you've got to see, you've got to recognize that God wants you to walk in his favor. He wants you to have influence and he wants you to have opportunities in this place, in this earth, to begin to witness and to to share your faith. And he wants us to see salvations. We're here preaching the gospel and the ministry of reconciliation. That's the first thing is seeing it. Then the next thing is going through it, to go through it. When we hosted President Richard Roberts in, in this January, this past January, had an incredible week, and I shared some of the testimonies. 3,800 salvation cards filled out, where more than that week, more salvations than the first 70 years of Christianity. And all this, and many doors were open. We were in go- the offices of government officials and the president's office, and all this took place. And then he made a statement. He agreed with us. He says, this is the year of an open door. You have an open door in Niger. Niger is open. But he said, you've got to continue to use that door, and you've got to go through it. And tonight, my message is moving forward. When you see that open door, you've got to move forward through it. Really, the gospel is all about going forward. 
moving, going. We're missionaries. We're all about going. And the gospel is all about going. You know, it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on one of whom they've not believed? How shall they believe on one of whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And then it says, how shall they preach except they be sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who carry good news, carry the gospel. You know, in Niger, we see, we see people with some really messed up feet, ugly looking feet, cracked from the dry desert sand. They're hot, they're bleeding, they're ugly. But you know what? Some of those feet are the most beautiful feet in God's eyes because there's some... Niger evangelists with the ugliest cracked up feet, but they're going from village to village, trekking through the sands and taking the gospel to people that have never heard. That's what the gospel is about, going forward. God, Jesus left heaven and came to the earth. And then, he, and, then, and then God told Abraham, leave your home and you go to a land that I'll show you. And then he told Moses, you go from, you take the children of Israel from bondage of Egypt and you take them into the promised land it's about going Jesus came and he called his disciples and he says come go with me follow me and then when he was getting ready to leave he said go into all the world and preach the gospel see the gospel is about going Jesus said signs and wonders shall follow after me if they're not going there's nothing following after the gospel's about going we need to have ears to hear eyes to see a mouth to proclaim his word, hands to release his healing power. But without feet, we're going nowhere. The gospel has to have feet. Amen? Habakkuk chapter 2, I read the first verse this morning. The second verse then says, and write the vision down that you may run with it. You see, it's about going. The gospel's about going. And that's what I want to stir in your heart about going. I, I get excited when I look over here and I see all these places that this church in Garden City, Kansas, is touching. You have gone to these places. I mean, this is where you have been. I know in, in different dates, different countries where you've gone around the world. That's what a healthy church is about. God never intended the church to be a stagnant institution. But it's a living, breathing body. And we're going. He said, go into all the world. Amen? Do I have some goers here tonight? Amen? Amen? We've got the gospel stirred up within us. We're believers and we're going forward. Amen? Amen? Well, let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read verse, verses 11 through 14. And this is a story that I'm sure you're have heard many times about the, the, the ten lepers. Starting in verse 11, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go. Show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. Now we have 10 lepers here. They've been lepers. They've been sick with this terrible disease that in that time, in that culture, they're not even permitted to be around other people. They're, they're, they're rejected, despised, uh, cast, castaways. And here they've 
heard of Jesus. I'm sure they've heard because the, the scripture tells us the fame of Jesus has gone around throughout the land. And so here they hear Jesus. And so these 10 lepers from afar off cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. And what does Jesus do? Does he come over and hug them? Does he lay his hands on them, comfort them, have compassion, counsel with them? No. He just gave them a word of direction. Now, these, these lepers could have gotten upset. They could have gotten offended. Go show ourselves a priest. Now, showing yourself to the priest at that time was because you were going there to verify that you've been healed. But nothing had taken place in their body when he told them, go show yourselves a priest. Go get yourself examined that you've been healed. But nothing had happened. You saw all it was was a direction. There was no prayer, praying over them, laying hands. You know, a lot of times the church, they just, they just want the prayer. <laughs> Or they, 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 want the, they want the attention, or they, they want to go to counseling sessions. But a lot of times, the word of the Lord is just coming to them, go and do this. And what happened? Those 10 lepers, they didn't get offended, they didn't get irritated that Jesus, they didn't get upset that he didn't take any time to even come over to them. From afar off, he just said, go show yourselves to the priest. And the scripture tells us that as they went, they were cleansed. I want to tell you tonight that as we go, we will get our miracles. As we continue to move forward, we hang on to our miracles. We catch our miracles. Because the miracles is in the going. Faith is about moving forward. Faith was never stagnant. The church was never intended to be a stagnant institution, but a living, breathing body going forward. As we go forward, we're going to be able to reach the harvest. You see, the harvest, God, from the beginning of time, when, when God created the heavens and the earth, he already had a plan of man's salvation even before man sinned. And all this was a plan that, that he would come and there would be a redemptive sacrifice and that we would go and carry this gospel throughout the world. Amen? It's about going and we've got to get linked in and be a part of going. Amen? Everybody say, I'm a goer. The gospel's about going. Amen? Let's go to Exodus now. Turn with me down to Exodus chapter 14. I'll read verse, starting in verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after him, after them. And so they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you, for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Verse 14, and the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now here we see children of Israel have left Egypt in the bondage and Moses is leading them, doing exactly what God told them to do. They're going forward and what happens is they come up against the Red Sea. The Red Sea ahead of them and then the mountains on both sides, and then closing in from behind, they begin to see the Egyptians have changed their mind. No longer has Pharaoh agreed to allow them to go, but now he's pursuing them and coming after them. And so here you see 
God's people, the Israelites, are surrounded by the enemy and they're coming in and what do they do? And Moses is trying to calm down the multitude of Israelites and saying, stand still, let's see what God's going to do. God's going to do something. I mean, Moses had faith, you know. But you know what? Their miracle, their salvation was not in standing still. Because we're going to read the next verse, verse 15. Moses said, stand still. But then in verse 15, and said, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Everybody say, go forward. Go forward. Go forward. You see, our miracle, our deliverance, our victory is not in staying in one place. It was important for them to stand still. Moses had to get them to calm down because they first had to hear the word. They had to hear the mind of Christ. They had to know what they were to do. What are they to do? Go forward. You see, the body of Christ should be going forward. We're moving forward. There there has been set before us an open door. We don't sit and just look at that door and, and we talk about favor and we talk about influence and we talk about the opportunities and we walk and we polish this door that's nice and open before us. No, we've got to go forward. Everybody say, go forward. We're going forward. We're a church. We're a living, breathing body. Going forward, amen? Our miracle is in going forward. It's not in staying still. And you know, sometimes when you begin to go forward and you're moving forward, not everybody will be happy with you or, or like it or, or, oh, you think you've got favor of the Lord and you've got the influence, but you're going forward no matter what happens. You're going forward. We, when, we, when we were, I've shared this before here, I believe, you know, seven years ago we were attacked, the first church that ever been attacked in Niger, and Niger had never been, never had Christianity as a threat to the Muslims. The Muslims never felt threatened by the church in Niger. Until a few years ago, we'd been on the radio and we were preaching and we started to preach Jesus. And we preached Jesus, the son of the living God, and people got upset with us. And at first it wasn't the Muslims, it was the first, it was the Christians. They were saying, don't you know you never tell a Muslim that Jesus is the son of God? And we're like, that doesn't even make sense. And then secondly, they said, why are you preaching with such a loud voice? You're always having to shout. They didn't like that about our preaching. But you know what? Even with all that complaint, you just keep going forward. Well, the Christians were right. They were saying, you're going to cause problems for Christians in Niger. Well, sometimes you got to cause a few problems. Amen? The, the proverb says, where there, I, I didn't look this up, but the, it's something about where there is no oxen, the, the stall is clean or whatever. But, you know, but nothing's getting done with no oxen. It's better to get a little messy and we're going forward. Amen? Should have looked that up before I came. Amen. But we're going forward. And sometimes people aren't going to like it. And in this particular case, the Muslims did get upset with us. They attacked us. And they burned our Bible school and our churches and all that. And, and people could be like, well, oh, told you so. See what happened. Now, do you fold up and go home and say, oh, I can't believe. No. We built bigger and better. And through that whole process, the level of our ministry was raised up. A higher level of influence. When the national... Network came in, to, or the, the national television news station came in and was filming us on TV and what had happened. You know, we're just smiling on the camera. And some, some people told me later, he says, and I couldn't believe you were smiling. Praise God, because I know that everything's going to be all right. I'm moving forward. Amen? The victory in your deliverance is in moving forward. About four years ago, we were facing, I mean, we had... We had just uh, been through several things. It was four or maybe six years ago. I can't remember now. But several years back, we were coming on furlough, six years back, coming back on furlough, and 
we were going through several things. We had just, um, of course, we just gotten past the year before the attack that I just told you about. 500 Muslims come and attack our ministry and church in Niger. Then, um, Toby had just, uh, we went down to South Africa, we had just come back from South Africa where Toby had been born, but he was born three months premature, and we had had to tell all our church to pray for us and, and, and send out to all the supporting churches, and we've been through, through that. So here we've got, we've just get a serious situation with Trey, uh, Toby being born premature, then our ho- church is attacked, and then the next thing that comes along is our house caught on fire. Now we were in the States in our house where we were, living in Marathi, caught on fire. And one day I'm here in the States for itinerating and we get this email, urgent house burned, come to Niger. That was like the intent of this email. What do you do? Drop everything? You've got all these schedules, plans, and you go back to Niger? And I took, called my pastor, Caldwell, Pastor Hector Caldwell, and I told him about it. And I said, you know, we don't, we just wanted to let you know what's going on, but I really don't feel that you know, I'm supposed to go back. I'm just going to let whatever happens happen. But I just have to keep going forward with, the, with what has been laid out and what I really believe we put together is the Lord's plan. And he agreed. He said, that, that sounds like the word of the Lord. Then I said this to him. I said, and don't tell anybody about this. <laughs> because, you know, one problem after another problem after another problem, people start saying, man, are they in the will of God? Because you know, people start talking, you know. Sometimes it's those that are going forward that are hitting the most resistance. But other people, oh, they must not be in the will of God. They must, but you just keep going forward. You start hitting attacks, it's because you're going forward. The devil's not gonna mess with the people that are doing nothing. They're not messing with the people sitting down. It's those that are going forward that are gonna come up against the resistance. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Well, gates don't move. The only time that that would even be a possibility was that the church has to be moving forward. And that's what we're doing. And then about that same time, or well, then when we were itinerating during that time, Toby was what, two years, he was only one year old. He was going through this situation about every four weeks. He would develop this breathing, um, asthmatic type, couldn't breathe and raspy breathing and all this. And it, we would treat it with breathing treatments and some kind of medication and it would go away, but then it would come back like the next month. And it'd come back and he'd have it. And so we took him to see a Christian doctor in Tulsa went in, made an appointment, went in, and they did all the exams and took up his medical history, how he'd been born premature, and then they sat down to tell us, well, Mr. and Mrs. Childs, we, we really, you need to understand something, that Toby's case is very critical. To, Toby needs therapy. Toby needs special treatments. To, to, we don't think that you should go back to Africa. You really need to, he should be a priority in this, and this, well, we're sitting here, and of course, we're, we're sitting here, and this is like, just coming at you, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm smiling, and so, okay, okay, get ready to go out, and then I'm walking out, even as we're walking out, I don't even think we'd left the doctor's office, and I said, I don't receive that, that's not right, we just kept going forward, and we found another doctor, <laughs> and we said, could you check him out and what do you think? This is what this other doctor said. Do you, do you concur? I mean, we had already decided we're going forward, but you know, you, you gotta keep, you gotta keep searching until you get the report you can agree with. And finally, I mean, there's one doctor who has a lot of kids and he's a specialized pediatrician. He checked him out and said, oh, this is, he'll grow out of this. It's not a big deal. Go back to Africa and wrote out all these prescriptions for us and 
gave them and said, if anything comes up, just give them this or give them this, just go get this or whatever. Well, the miracle is he was getting that, while we were traveling, he was getting that every month. We didn't agree to stay and leave our calling. And we went back to Africa. When we got back to Africa, he went eight months without any episode. And then when he did, an episode tried to come on after about eight months. And we just did what the, the, that first guy had said, took care of it, and it's not been a problem since. Amen. Now, if you're looking for a reason to stop, and if you're looking for a reason to get out, right there it is. It's your way out. And so many Christians that they're going forward, they know the will of God, but something like that comes up, and that becomes their out. We get a bit, some tough times. You've got to go forward. Go forward. Your miracle is in going forward. Your victory is in the going forward. The gospel's about going. Amen? Amen. I want us now to go back to the, to the New Testament. Let's go over to the Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And I'm just going to give you a few things about going forward. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Munadare. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's about going forward. And as I read this passage, there's just several points I just want to make about going forward. If you're taking notes, the first thing, if you're going to go forward, you've got to press in. You've got to make a decision. You've got to focus. You've got to have already decided before the problems come up. And that's where when you've already decided and you're already set, then you can push through. But see, the problem is a lot of times people have the mindset that whatever happens must be God's will. Even in America, in the churches. Now, where we are, that's a prevalent philosophy. It's a prevalent thought among Islam. It, the Muslims believe that Allah's will is always done. So if you believe Allah's, that's called fatalism. And, you don't, and the problem is that tends to get into the church under another doctrine called the sovereignty of God. Oh, whatever happens must be God's will. That's not true. People are dying and going to hell every day. It's not God's will. And see, that's where if you don't have that set in your mind that you've got to press in when things get tough and you've got to exercise your faith, then you get it out. Oh, whatever happens must be, it must be God's will. Tragedy happens must be God's will. No, you press through and you go forward. Amen. We press through, and God gives us the victory. Things don't just happen. Everything doesn't just happen. We don't just take in a harvest in Niger unless we have strategically made decisions to go forward after that harvest. It's not just going to happen. Your church isn't just going to happen. Your children aren't just going to be raised up to follow Christ. No, you have to go forward with a strategy and a decisive plan. Amen? So you press in to go forward. The time comes you have to press in. Secondly, you count not yourself to have apprehended. The Paul, said, Paul said, Apostle Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. You have to realize that you have not yet arrived. 
If you, if you think you've already arrived, then you're not going to push forward. We get into a comfort zone when we think we've already, already arrived. There's almost like a religious pride. And you can see that in church growth. If you look at church growth, if you've ever done any studies, you'll see that as soon as a church gets to a certain level of growth where they feel like they've arrived, then things kind of just settle at that, growth, that level. We, I was talking with a pastor just a couple weeks ago, and he shocked me because... You know, I told, he was talking about support and how we're supported, and I, he asked me, well, do you mind sharing with me? Now, this is, let me just give you a background. This pastor, he's started his church seven years ago, and this church is, it's in Louisiana, Mandeville, Louisiana, called Church of the King. He started seven years ago with 19 people, and now he's running 3,500. It's just a church that's mushrooming and, and incredible growth. But he's somebody that is thinking big, going forward, and not comfortable, not satisfied and, well, anyways, he asked me as we're talking about our, our support and how people support us. And, and he said, well, would you mind sharing how much support you have, what comes in? Because I told him we have about 20 churches that back us. How much uh, do you have? And I, so I, you know, I thought it was reasonable, pretty good amount. I, I told him what we had made, what had come in as support for the last uh, year. And he didn't, without, as, as soon as I said, he just said, is that all? I said, wow, way to take the wind out of my sail. <laughs> but you know what? I, that, I processed that several times since that conversation. And I realized I can get comfortable thinking, oh, the support level that I'm at, I'm doing enough. I can build a few buildings every year and, and we can be reaching, preaching and going out and doing a few crusades or planting a few churches here and there. But we've got to think beyond that. We've got to think bigger and go forward. Amen? We can't get to a place where we feel like we've arrived, we're in a groove, we just can keep riding this wave, we're okay. No. We've got to go forward to a higher level. Amen? Of course, then a new level, a new devil. That's what they say. But that's where you just keep going forward. You're pressing in and you count now. You, you don't start trusting yourself. You don't get caught up in your religious pride. You're not comfortable. The, second, the third thing out of, out of this passage, forget those things which are behind. If we are going to go forward, and we're going to be grabbing hold of the harvest and walking in miracles and, and, God, and walking in the victory that God has for us. We've got to let go and forget those things which are behind. Because you cannot go forward always thinking about the past. You know, I shared the scripture today in Luke where Jesus said, if any man set his hand to the plow and he looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom. You see, when you're going forward, you can't look back because then you get off. So if we're going forward, if we're going forward, we've got to forget those things which are behind and keep our focus ahead. Amen? Amen. Fourth thing, we've got to be ready to embrace change. Everybody say change. Change is tough. Change, I mean, in Niger where we're at, I was talking this morning about Niger and the tradition. They're, they're entrenched in traditions of their fathers and their forefathers. And the, the, the bad thing about that is that their tradition is founded or grounded in Islam. And so as we reach people for Christ, we have to, we almost have to rip out their, their culture and their tradition. Not that culture's wrong in and of itself, but when your culture is all grounded in Islam, we've got to reteach. That's called renewing of the mind. Culture is the way a group of people think. And if you're thinking based on Islamic principles, then you need your mind renewed and washed by the water of the word. And that's what the process of our discipleship is. You come to school for a year and you get discipled. And, and you're washing the mind. And there's a change. If you're going to go forward, if you're moving forward, there's going to be change. As, as a child grows, there's changes. Praise God that we're not all, 
you know, still behaving like we did when we were just babies. We changed. We're no longer relying on our parents to eat. We're no, I mean, hopefully most of us know how to lift the fork up by ourselves now. There's changes. And, and you've got to be ready to embrace those changes. And so often, if you look back, look at the churches, the mainline churches that years ago had had great revival like the Methodist or the Presbyterian or, I mean, some of these great churches that there were. Now you go to those churches, they're still nice, beautiful buildings, but they're empty on a Sunday morning because they wouldn't grow with the move of God and they wouldn't grow with the spirit and the revelation of God. Amen? So we've got to be ready to embrace change. We cannot move forward without expecting the territory to change. No one grows without changing. The fifth thing, we have to be ready to get out of our comfort zone. Y'all remember the story about Peter and the disciples. They're in the boat and Jesus calls, uh, Jesus calls to Peter and says, well, Jesus, uh, Peter sees Jesus walking on the water and he gets excited. He's in the boat and he's comfortable. And all the disciples were there, but Peter, he sees Jesus and he says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. Well, we, know, we know that story. Well, a lot of times we kind of rag on Peter, or, you know, he gets the short end of this story because we know how when Peter got out and he was walking on the water, he looked and saw the wind and the waves, and then he began to sink. And, oh, Peter, he didn't have the faith, and he sank. No. I look at Peter, man. It was Peter, and only Peter of those disciples that had enough whatever, get up and go, to get out of that boat and to step out onto that water. If we're going to be goers, because the gospel's about going, then we've got to be ready to get out of the boat. Now, you might start to sink, but praise God, Jesus, there he lifts you up a little bit. But at least you're out and you're going. And not, I mean, it could have been, Peter could have stayed in the, in the boat in the nice, warm, dry area, but he got out of the boat. That's where we as believers, part of the gospel, going with the mandate of Christ, Amen. To go forward, we've got to be ready to get out of the boat, get out of our comfort zone. Amen. And the last one, the sixth one I'll, I'll share with you, and that's, it talks about in this passage, the upward call, the high call of God in Christ Jesus. The call to go forward and to press in, it, it's a high call, and it's an upward call, and it's, it requires effort in a way. I mean, we're walking by faith. Amen? We're walking by faith. But then ministry in Bible school, they, they teach you that ministry, how do you spell ministry? Work, W-O-R-K. Ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. It's not that we're a works faith. I mean, we're saved by grace through faith. But then, faith without works is dead. You've got to work your faith. Fight the fight of faith, amen? And you've got to be ready for the tough times. Because going forward, you might come to a hill. You've got to take that upward climb. When the, the rough play, now by faith we're calling that the valleys be brought high and the mountains brought low and the crooked places made straight as we go forward. But sometimes you've got to bring those mountains down as you step out. As the children of Israel stood before the mountain, God said, go forward. It was as they took their steps to go forward. What happened? The Red Sea opened. It's when you begin to go forward that your Red Sea will begin to open. As you begin to move forward, you can take hold of your miracle. I'm encouraging you this evening. I, I want to stir you up. I want to provoke you by the word to go forward. Go forward whether it's going out to the harvest fields in Africa and Asia and around the world or going forward in your personal devotions. 
getting closer, walking deeper in your faith, getting deeper in the word, going forward. There is an open door before us. We've got to go forward. Some of us need to go forward in the area of evangelism and witnessing. And I've heard there's a witnessing program that's going on here, evangelism program going on in the church. Go forward. Take that step. It might not be comfortable. Get out of the boat where it's a little uncomfortable. Go door to door if that's what it takes. Amen? And begin to go forward. The gospel's about going. God never intended the church to be an institution, a stagnant organization. No. We're living, breathing, and a body that's going. Amen? Hallelujah? And we'll just keep on going forward. Amen? The last passage that I want to read with you is in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 8. Or 6, maybe. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6, 8. And it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. We must respond to the call to go. To go forward, to go after the harvest, to go into all the world. A nation like Niger is not the most comfortable place, but I I would never want to do anything else with my life than to be right where God has me. So many people are missing God's best because they were afraid to go forward. Because maybe it was going to be uncomfortable or hot or, or not having the conveniences. But going forward into the harvest, God is still asking his church, who will go for us? And we have to be ready to answer. Here I am, send me. Amen. Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers. Send laborers. That is laborers to go out. Why was he telling them to pray that? So that they, as they would pray, it would get in them. Who went? The people that went were the people that were praying. Amen? That's why Jesus is saying, pray. He wants you to get up. Wants to put feet to our faith. Amen? The gospel's about going. If you're here tonight and you would say, I will go. I will go. I'm not calling you to go to Africa. I'm just saying if you're here tonight and you'll say, I will go, I want to pray with you about going forward in your faith. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you, maybe, you know, in that verse I quoted to you, I've set before you an open door, which no man can close. But so many people say, but pastor, it's like there's a door that's been slammed in front of me. You've got to go by faith because his word said, I have set before you an open door. How do you know that door is open? Because you go through it. We've got to go. We've got to go forward. Let's all stand up on our feet tonight.